Hi, this is Dion Bake from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 83. Hello and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake, and here with me is Sandy McKay. Excited to be here again, record another show, and uh, 83 of them now. So, Yeah, you're not doing it from Canada, though. I'm in the Caribbean, so yeah, a little bit more laid back. Um, <laughs> sitting on like a couch in a hotel. Yeah, um, right. No, it's all good. Yeah, getting 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 it out there at least still. And uh, we did record our, our episode here. Our interview was was recorded back home. So just mm-hmm. going in this uh, quick uh, interview to kick it off. I see you got a yeah. tan going on there. Do I? Yeah, a little bit of a, maybe a bit of a burn. Um, is that on well, the water yesterday? So from here it looks like a little bit like a tan. So that's good. Stick with that. Um, okay, so everyone listening should go over to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. There you can see all of the episodes, including the ones that are not showing up on iTunes. So iTunes only is saving the last 50 of our episodes. So all of the rest of them, if you'd like to hear some of our earlier stuff, you can go over there and listen to those from the website. And as well, if you want to leave a remark, just... Um, or, or, or if you want to see any of our links for our guests or any of that stuff, um, social media stuff, go in, click on the episode that you'd like to see more about and get the info from, and you'll see all the information for everybody that we've talked to in there. And uh, you can also pick up our free report there, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. And uh, lots of value in that. We are sending out a few more emails these days. We're getting, uh, getting a little bit up on our game there for our, uh, just communicating with our listeners. So if you're on our email list, you're going to start to receive a few more things um, just to keep you updated on what we're up to. You can also go check out our Facebook page too, if they want to, to keep up to date with the latest episodes as they come out. Um, just search for us, Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast on Facebook and you should be able to find it there and got a lot more posts happening now. So that's kind of new and exciting for us. It is. And the page looks really cool. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean... I'm going to read two of the newest uh, reviews that we have for the show on iTunes. So the first one was from Wixu and he says, valuable knowledge, more accounting tips, but five stars. You guys are awesome. It would be great if you guys had more accounting tax strategies. Keep it up guys. My fiance is just bought our third property and we did it before age 28. Well, congratulations you guys. That is definitely, yeah. Before age 28, I don't think I, I think I had one. It started kind of late. You know what they say, better late than never. But yeah, that's fantastic, you guys. Three properties before 28. I was 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we had three. We kind of started 26. I was like 26, 27, something like that. So I don't know. I'd have to look back. But that's pretty impressive. That's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. If, if they want the tax strategies too, I think we had, um, we have had Cherry Chan on here. I don't, that's looking back a little bit now, right? That's what episode would she have been? A while back, but they could always go look up that one and uh, and find more from her. She's uh, shared a lot in that episode, episode thirty six. There you go. And you know what? Like, I think that maybe some stuff changes, but the fundamentals of what she shared on that episode are going to stay the same, roughly the same, anyways. It wasn't that long ago that we did it. If you're listening a hundred years from the original time of recording, then maybe you might want to look into some newer info. It is actually over three years ago now. Wow. Um, Maybe we need to recap with her. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Now, the next one and the last one I'm going to read is by uh, Aliza. Aliza's. 
and he or she says Belize was a waste of time one star so they give us a one star review just because of one episode okay so here we go the, this person says giving it one star for wasting my time with a Belize podcast so we have 80 something other episodes but they didn't like that one um, who in their right mind would invest in a third world country let alone a crime ridden country like Belize you also didn't ask the most important question, which is how the ROI differs from Canada. Well, um, I mean, I, we talked about the numbers, so I mean, I guess it would depend on what the actual deal was that you were looking at in Canada, but in Belize, we talked about the numbers that worked there. Um, and then, you know, judging from wherever you are in Canada, you would have to base it off of whatever deal you're looking at from where you are. Um, yeah, it can differ widely, right? I mean, the interesting thing about that is he, he <clears throat> We do, we do focus this podcast on Canada, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we thought that would be a cool one because he is down in the Caribbean, somewhere kind of interesting, and, uh, or I guess Caribbean or no, I guess he believes it would be Central America. Um, mm. and so just South of Mexico. Yeah, first one South of Mexico, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. What was your thought on it? What, 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 after that episode, we just released that one. That's our last one, episode 80, 82. What is your... I was I actually pretty intrigued, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm planning on possibly going there for their April tour because they run tours every once in a while. So I was going to go down and see what it was all about because I liked what I heard. Hmm. Um, I mean, the cash investment might be slightly bigger, but again, you're looking at higher rental rates. Like almost, there's, there's virtually no month-to-month -month rentals. It's all Airbnb stuff. So um, it's a good time to get into it as well. And the tourism is quite strong in the area so you know that's like saying it's like saying why invest in costa rica or why invest anywhere else it's just a, a different strategy it's it's us bringing you more information it's not like anyone shoving it down uh people's throats <clears throat> just an option right i mean it is it, it's if you're comparing it to canada i mean i'm sure if you look at it overall canada is, it would be safer i would imagine you could most people would call it safer in Canada. Um, but I mean, that's all part of the, part of the whole package, right? Analyzing the risk versus reward and, and how the opportunities differ. I mean, I'm sure they differ a lot and everyone's individual uh, circumstance and thought on it's going to be different. Um, and, yeah. and Canada's, I mean, Canada's however big, it's huge. There's all sorts of different opportunities and sizes of towns and cities and whatnot. Right. So everything, yeah. everything's going to look differently depending on your unique perspective on it. Um, but I thought it was a cool show just to, to learn about what the options look like down there and how you can do that from Canada. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, we don't, we don't have, like you were just saying there, we don't have, Canada's not one market. It's mm -hmm. hundreds of local markets that make up Canada. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, you'd have to look a little more deeply into it. Okay, so that's our reviews. Thanks for sending those guys. I really do appreciate that. And as usual, we don't mind the the critical ones keep sending them in and uh we'll read those as well and hopefully we'll learn something from them <clears throat> maybe we won't do any more foreign investment podcasts that's no, all good i think it was interesting i mean yeah some good some brought some good stuff there allowed us to have a little quick chat there and and uh go over what we talked about so all good i think uh this show is definitely more local we got an interview coming up with uh more of a local uh local i guess canadian um, investor and uh, certainly local if you're in the greater Toronto area and um, yeah we're going to talk a lot about Gary McGowan coming up here in the next few minutes and we're going to talk a lot about different investment strategies in and around the greater Toronto area which I know a lot of our listeners are from and if you're in a big market like Vancouver or Toronto or um, some of the other bigger ones across the country then this is definitely going to relate to you because it's we definitely dabble into a little bit about how to make sense of investing in these really expensive markets and how um, someone can justify actually spending what we see people spending on these investment properties that sometimes aren't even making any money month to month. Um, and so it's a little bit of a different perspective. He's also a realtor. So he's got lots of different uh, inputs on how to work with the right power teams and things like that. So it's a great, great interview coming up here. Yeah. And unfortunately I wasn't there for this one, so I'll be hearing it for the first time. Exactly. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. So maybe we should get into it so I can hear what all the hype is about. Well, let's do it. Um, anything else we got to add before we get into it? Or I guess that's it, right? We're not, not nothing too exciting to add this month or this show. Um, we got lots of exciting stuff, but 
let's get into our uh, interview with Gary McGowan. All right, here with Gary McGowan, a, uh, I would say, pretty savvy and experienced realtor and investor in the York region area, I would say, right, Gary? Absolutely. You nailed it. Kind of doing a lot up in the in north of Toronto. If you're listening or watching from uh, somewhere else in Canada, we're York region, kind of north part of Toronto, GTA, Newmarket, Stouffville, Richmond Hill, Markham, where else? All around there, right? Yeah, that's yeah, and right up to Lake Simcoe. It's a big area with yeah. over a million people in it. It's 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 a thriving area for sure. Awesome. So, uh, why don't we introduce you a bit? How how did you get into real estate investments? What's kind of your story on uh, on the whole real estate thing? Where how did you get to where you are today? Give us a little bit of a background. A little bit of a background. Okay, so I am very very fortunate, and I didn't realize how fortunate I was to much later in life, but very fortunate to grow up in a family that has always owned real estate, and uh, so my folks were buying properties since I can remember, maybe the age of five, and I was that kid at twelve years old painting some odd bedroom that I'd never been in before, couldn't figure out why I was there. And, you know, as part of my parents' investment portfolio. So, you know, it was part of my life from an early, early time. And my father, my parents owned a number of properties over, you know, over my childhood. And as I got older and then got married, uh, my wife and I bought our first house and we kind of looked at each other like, man, how do people buy more than one house? And then after a few years, you start to educate yourself. You realize, ah, equity. Equity is an awesome thing. And uh, it was about 13, 14 years ago now, my parents had mentioned to us that they were going to go out and buy some more investment properties. And by that time, Michelle, my wife and I had accumulated, you know, some wealth and some equity. And we thought, we're doing it. We want in. And, and lo and behold, you know, we start educating ourselves and we got in touch with some other investors and, and started talking to people and started educating ourselves, like I said, and, and we dove straight in. The first purchases we got were three properties in one day, a two triplex. No, let me rephrase that. Two fiveplexes and one fourplex. And that was our welcome to being a landlord and, and being an investment property owner. So that's kind of like the, the, the short two minute story on, you know, how we got into real estate investing and, and uh, it, so many doors, as you can imagine, has been opened up because of that. So it wasn't a little dabble to poke your foot in and see how it, how it plays out. You just kind of went for it. No, it's, there's always that line. Do you want to dip your toe in, as you said, or, or yeah. jump into the deep end? And I love the deep end. <laughs> what, looking back on that, just curious now, was that kind of a, would you have done that again? Or would you advise someone to go more, dip your toe in, kind of see how you how you make out and kind of grow from there. What, what do you think is the best, best strategy for people? That's a good question. The, I always say jump in when you can. However, you jump in with people that you know have done it before. And, and when we go say, you know, Sandy, like when, when we go talk about as it, with our realtor hat on or investor hat on, it's so much easier to do something with or do something with somebody that's already been there. And, and without realizing it, that's what we had in my parents. You know, they've, they've, they've owned different types of properties, made money, lost money. And to do it with somebody, it just made it so much easier. There's still headaches, but it just made it so much easier, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, we talked about that a lot too, is, is having that mentor in some form, whether it's financially tied together in on it, or just at least someone to lean on, right. To ask those those key questions when, the, when you need to make those big decisions, you don't typically have weeks to decide on things. You got to go quick, right? Sometimes. So making the right decisions is, is huge and having some, some experience certainly helps. I would agree hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, what strategies have you used then over, over the years? Have you, have you mixed around with some different strategies? Have you focused on one? What a uh, whole bunch of different strategies in invest, investment real estate? What time, what, which ones have you focused on? Which ones have you used? There, there are so many different types and we feel that we've done a, a wide range of them. And, and when we first started investing, obviously we, we were focusing on, you know, small multifamily buildings from fourplexes to fiveplexes. And we thought that was what we wanted. And then some other opportunities presented themselves and we, we've done probably about 15 properties that were specifically rent to own. Uh, we've done short-term flips. We've done, I like to call them long-term flips where we go renovate properties, keep it, you know, renovate, refi and, and hold them on, hold on to them. Um, 
we've done a few assignments, but that's not our main, our main focus. The main focus is to acquire real estate. So we want to hang on to, you know, the properties that we own and, and purchase. So, you know, I think if you were to ask me today, what's our favorite strategy, that's the, the buy, renovate, and just hang on to it. And, and that's kind of the phase we're in right now is hanging on to the properties that we own. Cool. A lot of our, a lot of our listeners and guests do, I guess, uh, have used that strategy for sure. It's uh, uh, one of the ones we like to use as well. I guess that's probably why we talk about it so much is just the fact that it's, it's a way to get in at the end of it. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, um, a load of work to get to the end of that part where you can refinance and be out of it. But the value you can add in that process is, is so key, right? And you can really have a lot less money in at the end of it. Well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think back on the properties that we bought at the beginning and we're still hanging on to a good number of them and it's been, you know, 10 plus years on some of them and, you know, the real estate creates wealth and it, it can really only do that over a long period of time. And that's what we're looking at now. And, and I look at it like, man, these, you know, we're, another 10 years can fly, you know, really fly by. And then, well, what's another five years? And at the end of that, like the mortgage is paid off, right? And there's so many other opportunities. If you just want to create wealth and sit on it, that's one way you got to, you know, you can leverage that obviously and into other properties or other opportunities and, 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 you know, real estate is best looked at with that patient eye and mm -hmm. that, you know, looking back the last 10 years has flown by, but on the other hand, like there's just so many opportunities that now presents itself because we've had them for so long, you know? Absolutely. So you've been in the game for a little while now. You've had different, uh, different strategies you've used, a whole bunch of different scenarios come up, I'm sure. And you're, you're full-time, essentially, you're full-time, not necessarily always with your investor hat on, but as a realtor, investor, you're full-on in real estate. What's been, what are some things you've seen um, change over the years in, as far as an investor's experience? Like what, what has gotten easier for investors? Maybe something's got more difficult. Um, what's been that investor experience in, over, the, over the last few years? What's it looked like? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, when we were buying properties 10 years ago, all I had to do was make sure I could hold a pen to write a mortgage, right? <laughs> so qualifying for that mortgage have certainly changed and, and has weeded out a lot of buyers from that perspective. And, and you know, we were writing, we were writing offers with, with, you know, little down, um, second second mortgages in place or vendor take back mortgages in place and we were getting them accepted and the bank was funding us it was really easy to acquire properties of course you know as as most of your listeners have experienced it's getting well it is it's harder and harder and harder to do that yeah. so the other opportunity or perhaps the door that opens up is well how can we be creative you know, how can we offer a solution to a seller that hasn't been able to sell that property because all the buyers beforehand have had that difficulty of getting a mortgage? And, and for us, if we can look at it from a different perspective, well, you know, they, they've, they've got a problem. They have a home for sale and we can provide that solution because we have the buyers. So whether that's, you know, coming in with an all cash offer, uh, being creative and then allowing, you know, showing the seller that they can make money if they hold the mortgage and just looking at things a little bit differently. Now, of course, it, you know, the market reflects what type of sellers most sellers are. So if you look at some of the, you know, secondary markets outside of the GTA, for instance, that's where we focus. Um, you can, you can find those opportunities. So I think, you know, where one door closes, you got to look for that other door that opens up. And if you can be a creative buyer, uh, you're going to put yourself way ahead of the game for sure on, on as, as other real estate investors, way ahead of the game. I'd agree. Financial, financially, everything's changed, right? The financing side's got a lot more difficult. Um, so being creative then like you mentioned even um getting buyers or getting sellers maybe holding the mortgage things like that so how does someone learn about all these different things what do they what would you recommend someone to do to learn how to be creative you know, yeah, ask. Stay up, but where do they where do they learn yeah there's a bunch of, i know you you even run your own group right um where you do some events and things like that you have your own show even all, all sorts of resources but where's the best place for people to go for that stuff yeah, I, I always say the best place to go is, you know, talk to other investors that are already doing it. You know, it's similar how I started investing in real estate. I did it with my parents that were already doing it. So you definitely want to get into those circles where people are doing what you want to do. So for instance, if, 
if it's about second mortgages or vendor take back financing, what does that look like? Well, get into those local investment groups and there's so many of them now. Now you got to know just like, you know, Sandy, every podcast is not created equally and, and every advice is not created equally. So you got to really, um, you know, ask the right questions so you get the right answers from the people that are doing it. And definitely, you know, I, I think the underlying factors network, obviously, uh, you got to you gotta go talk to the people where those people are doing those things. So definitely networking in, in, at the right events and asking those right questions. And, and that's something that I've always, you know, whether it's been me at the front of the stage teaching or on a podcast like this or on a one-on-one where you're knee to knee and having a coffee with somebody, like ask the questions of the people that are doing those things that you want to do. Not somebody that has read a book or read a theory or, you know, read it in the, in the newspaper or wherever that may be. Go talk to the people who are actually doing it. If you want to learn how to do vendor tape backs and rent owns or whatever it might be. Especially, yeah, especially because it's changing so quickly, right? There's so many different month to month, week to week, things can change. Lender finance, like financing, it changes daily sometimes just with different lender rules and whatnot. Right. You really, I agree. You really got to find people boots on the ground. What, what, what worked today, not what worked a few months ago, you might be reading outdated things, that type of stuff, right? So, well, absolutely. Like, the, the, I have a, such a great example of that is, is you know, if I put my realtor hat on, uh, I'm representing a seller today, and we talk, and it's a brand new renovation, and we talked about offering a warranty to the buyer that we have on the table at the moment, and the the question was, well, do we include that warranty within the offer? Or do we exclude it and have a side agreement on the warranty? And the question was, well, I just when we write an offer, as you know, Sandy, we want to make sure that we have everything in the offer, that when the bank sees it or the lender sees it, that it's nothing out of the ordinary so they can say yes. Right. Right. So, you know, maybe that question gets answered differently today than it did yesterday. So on the way, the way over to to the office, back to the office, I called our mortgage broker just to get his insight and, and see what, you know, see where that goes. So it's that's where having that power team or, you know, the, that's a term that's used on having the right people on your team. So you can ask those questions for, for sure. That's massive for sure. Yeah. Having the right people in your corner that you can pick up the phone and ask and get the answer in five minutes rather than spending a week trying to figure it out. That's the difference between getting a, a, a great deal sometimes and losing one. Right. So, Oh, no doubt. Huge. We talked about that a lot too on the show, just getting those power team, getting those key people in place. If, if someone, cause we do have a lot of listeners around the GTA in Toronto area. If someone has some events or wants to know about some events that they should go attend, what are some you could recommend? Well, Not necessarily happening. Like there's a bunch of consistent clubs, right? Meetup clubs, that type of thing. Yeah. And those, those are the kind of, we call them the grassroots clubs and you know, you've yeah. been a part of them and beforehand. And, and I always find that the, the people that are really doing stuff are at those grassroots type clubs, right? Cause they're there to network with like-minded people. Real estate investing can be a, a lonely Island because not many people really do it. But once you get into the circles of all of the people that are doing it, it there's a lot of comfort there. There's a lot of uh, camaraderie and, and everything to help you boost and, and, you know, lay a great platform for yourself. So definitely get in touch with those grassroots um, type clubs. There's always the big ones that come around, you know, I can think of, you know, rain or rockstar real estate or, or um, a key spire. There's, there's, those are all the big ones for sure. We can network with a lot of people, but I think it's those grassroots clubs from, you know, all the way to Durham REI out to where you are in Hamilton. Like there's some really good people at those clubs doing some amazing things. They don't typically want as much money either, the, the grassroots ones. No, they don't. And, and cause they're not, and, and I think my position on that is they're not there creating an income from the membership. Mm-hmm. They're there to create an opportunity for the people coming in the door. Meaning, is there a networking opportunity? Like we have a, I run a club, it's the York region real estate investors group and we hold it, host it at a new market. And my whole position is how can we help educate investors? And, and with that, you know, there's, there's offs, you know, the networking element comes into mind and, uh, you know, bringing in speakers that are doing what they say they do. So, so having that right type of knowledge and, and is such a big piece of it for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, um, maybe just throw out the link. Where can people find out about that club? 
Yeah, York Region Real Estate Investors Group. We're on meetup.com if you're to search there. Uh, we host them monthly. And and like many clubs, every every month is a different topic. You know, uh, the one happening next month is about rent to own. We also have a lawyer coming in to speak. The one that we had past the, the last month was a little bit different, where it was about joint ventures. And it's it's always changing because we, we know that people are hungry for information. We know that people are hungry for the right education. And that's that's what we feel we can deliver for sure. Awesome. Great. So uh, if you're listening, go check that out. So if you are uh, a real realtor now, you weren't always a realtor. You were an investor before a realtor, right? Yeah. So I was curious to ask people in that situation, how was being a realtor helped or hindered you as, uh, as an investor and uh, your career in, in general? What's been the big impacts that it's made? Because a lot of our clients that I talk to as well are, are, are you know, they're investors, they want to be full-time investors, yet they, now they, they see that they could maybe have better access being a realtor and, and they start thinking they want to be, be a realtor now, but then they're not sure how it's going to impact their, their life, their personal life, all that sort of stuff. What's been the, what's been there for you? What's helped? What's, what's well, not helped maybe? There's a few elements of it. And, and a lot of people get their realtor's license. A lot of investors get their realtor's license because of the same reason I wanted to get mine. And that's because, you know, we're doing anywhere from five to 12 transactions a year. And if I wrote that myself, like that's an income I can put in my own pocket, you know, all those things. Right. And we've all been down that road. And then you realize once I got my license, I, there's such a small community of realtors that really, like yourself, Sandy, really understand real estate investing. Meaning, yeah, for sure. Exactly. And, and, and you know, <laughs> all of a sudden, I realized there's a need for a real estate agent with this type of knowledge. And it didn't take much of a, a, a shift in thinking that I can go and track clients because I didn't realize how many clients really or how many buyers really wanted that information and and for me i realized after a couple of sales wait a minute there's an opportunity for for me to be a full-time realtor and provide our services as a real estate investor and and to attract that type of client whether it's a buyer or a seller and and just that knowledge of knowing you know if people want to get in touch with an investment realtor you know talk to me because then we can get them in touch with people like yourselves or wherever that might be up in Barry or you know even out west we've sent people to Vancouver because that's their knowledge and that's what people want to work with how you know how has it affected my investment business is you know what? I don't know the exact stat, but it's got to be pretty close to 99% of all homes that are ever sold go through realtors, yeah. right? At the end of the day. And that to me is an awesome opportunity because even before they hit the market, whether we're doing listing presentations and what have you, we know that they're coming for sale, coming up for sale. And the first question that we should be asking ourselves is, do I want to buy this house? Yeah. Even during a listing presentation, even if it's at fair market value, because there's an opportunity there. And perhaps you're going with the insight of, oh, I have a few buyers, too, a few investor buyers or, or whatever it might be to, you know, to attract to this area, this neighborhood. And, and that, you know, it's, it's, it's just more ammunition that we can use as a realtor. The other, the flip side is it allows me to get into areas that perhaps I wouldn't get into if I was not a realtor. And I can use that as, as a great, you know, uh, value proposition for the buyers that we're looking for, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, multifamily buildings that are coming up for sale or networking in the right groups and, and just connecting the dots for people. I really, you know, I think that's what our, a good investment realtor does is connect the dots for, for their clients, whether it's helping them walk through a performa to talking about the areas to talking about the areas to, you know, this is a great location. This is not a great location. And, you know, that a good realtor can do that in a matter of seconds. I mean, I find, I mean, yeah, there's such a small group of investment realtors that know anything about investments. It's always shocking because you're in real estate as a realtor full on. Why would you not learn about the wealth building aspect of being a realtor, which is investing in the product that you're pushing every day. Anyways, it's always a bit yeah. shocking and it's really easy to learn once you've learned the investment side, it's pretty simple to learn the, the kind of regular realtor side of things. It's a, it's a lot harder to go kind of the other way. I always find you might as well, you might as well know the investment side because you're going you're gonna to have one notch above pretty much everyone else because nobody else wants to get into that for some reason. 
always found well, that a bit weird, but no, it's so true. It's, it's a terrible analogy, but it's like, um, you know, we have, it's, it's like insider trading, right? Like we, we have all this information in front of, in front of us and, and there's so many, so many realtors that decide to do nothing with it. Whereas if we can put together some, you know, local market reports or trends or, or just, you know, talking with the, you know, other like-minded realtors and, and, you know, what investors are you looking for or, or what properties are you looking for, for your investors, you know, and just helping connect the dots for, for the, the buyers and sellers that way. And it's such an opportunity for, for, you know, those investment, uh, like those investment minded realtors to, to just knock it out of the park for their clients. And that's kind of the approach that we take. And, and, and it shows with those are the type of clients that we attract. Right. So if you're, if you're an investor out there and you're, you're thinking about this, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't an investor? I know it kind of depends. Some people don't want to live that realtor lifestyle, but why would somebody not get their license as an investor then if they can get access to all this information and obviously there's fees involved, but what would be a good reason not to? At time, obviously, you got to put time into it. Uh, we work with clients that just don't have the time to invest into it. So, you know, you talked about having the right people on your power team that goes from anything from a lawyer to a home inspector to a property manager to obviously uh, a realtor. And it takes time to learn the areas, to learn the system, to to you know put all that together. So, for for me, that would be leverage. So, if I you know. I'm not going to travel all the way to Hamilton to sell a property because that's not good use of my time. For instance, even though I'm a realtor, right? It's an hour and a half down there for me. So I'm going to leverage people like yourselves and, and whether that, you know, whether that's up in Barry or what have you, I'm going to leverage that. So for me, that's one, that's probably the biggest piece of it is this going to be the best use of my time. And, you know, you, once you do have your realtor's license, if, if that's someone's choice, make the best of it. It's one of those careers. And, and I know you got into this for, this is not the only reason, but it's one of those careers that doesn't have a ceiling. It, it's your, your limiting belief is your ceiling it, as a realtor, as a salesman, doesn't matter what type of sales you do. And, and for me, that's, that's one of the biggest pieces is we can make this as big as we want, Sandy. It's one of the cheapest in it, it, cheapest business to get in, to have that type of opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I always enjoy networking with like-minded action takers who invest locally. You know, theory is great, but I appreciate practical knowledge. And, you know, I appreciate that knowledge mostly when it comes from those who are actually doing what they say they're doing so that I can learn the best practices and apply them to my own investing. I recently became a member of the Infinity Wealth Investing Network, or IWIN for short. My very good friend Erwin Zito is the organizer of these networking events, and they are essentially very high-quality mastermind meetings. It brings together many of the brightest, most successful investors from the GTA. I personally know people coming from as far as London, Aurelia, Oshawa, and I've been to several of these iWin meetings and meetups now, and these are the most successful rooms of real estate investors that I've ever been in. So... If you're new to investing, that's okay. I actually believe your best learning is spent around these type of successful people, especially those investing for 20 or more years as they have the most practical tips to share. And those are the kind of people that are here at the iWin events. We all have to start somewhere and many of us are starting from like the same place as where I started and that's essentially knowing nothing, having nothing. And I can't think of a better place to start than uh, at these events. So. If you're advanced and looking to up a level, you're in the right place as well. There's definitely someone in the room doing even bigger and better things than you that you can learn from. Plus, Erwin is like a human Wikipedia for real estate investing. He does always have some tips and tricks up his sleeve. Anyway, to be notified about the next event or to buy a ticket, go to www.iwinmonthly.com forward slash break. Again, that's www.iwinmonthly.com iwinmonthly.com forward slash break. The events always sell out quickly, so act fast. And I'll be there every month, so please do come by and say hello, and I'll see you there.
locations wise, you're in, uh, we talked about a, few, a bit of the locations, but where are you looking at any specific spots as an investor or any, at these days or are you finding any areas that are kind of hidden gems around uh, the GTA? The, the quick answer is no. <laughs> and that's only because our pricing is is so high compared uh, to some yeah. of the other markets, right? I own down in Hamilton still. I own up in Barrie. And, and uh, you know, if I look at those prices compared to what, you know, we just had a triplex right here in Stovall. Stovall's a small town of 50,000 people just north of Markham. And a triplex here in, in Stovall, you get all excited about it because it's the first one that's come up for sale in years because there's just maybe five of them in, in, in the area and it sold for 900,000 and two wow. of the units have got to be gutted. Right. Wow. So what can you know, 900,000 goes so much farther in some of those secondary markets, right? Like Hamilton or Barry and so forth. And, and that's where we look you know, obviously there's, there's, there's opportunities for some. And, and if that's, you know, some people want to invest in their own backyard. And if you live in the, in the Toronto area or in a big city, and that's where you want to invest because there's, there's, there's other values to that or other value to that for sure. But you got to look at, you know, you got to look at more things than just, just that location. You know, what's the cash flow? What's the ROI going to be? And, and, you know, who's, who do you have to manage that property in some of those areas? But uh, if you're asking me about what areas I still like, I st still like Barry, love it, even though the prices have moved up quite a bit since we were buying up there and we bought, you know, we're still buying for clients down there. We still refer people down to the Hamilton area. Cause as you know, that's where you are. There's awesome opportunities there still. So that those would be my two top areas in, in Ontario for, for me. That's what I know best as if you get out into some of the, the other areas like, you know, Ottawa, I don't know, London, I don't know, but if people want access to into there, definitely there's, there's people are buying there. So there's gotta be opportunities there. So in those markets where like more around where, where you live and where you run, we run a lot of your real trip is like you said, price is kind of hard to make sense of how does people still buying them? How are, how are people making sense of these properties? What are they doing? Is, are they wrong to be buying these or? Well, wrong and wrong in one term can be the right in another term. Right. So, you know, we've, I like to think that, that you and I and others have been educated very well. From that perspective, you know, we, we buy for location, we buy for cash flow, and we buy for the exit, hmm. right? And and for some, if they might be willing, if they're willing to buy that nine hundred thousand, you know, nine hundred thousand dollar triplex and, and just down the road from me, they might be willing to lose a few hundred dollars a month if that's the only property they're ever going to buy. So, so there's also that mindset. There's the mindset. Well, I only want to own two or three properties. If I'm losing a couple hundred dollars a month, sometimes that that's okay. And I know that's an odd thing to say, but over, over a five or 10 year period, and, and maybe your negative cash flow for 1200 bucks a year or more, that 1200 bucks or more is all relative to the hundred thousand dollars you made over five years. Yeah. With appreciation, mortgage pay down. Exactly. Points, right? Exactly. Now for the savvy investor, like probably most of your listeners, hopefully that's, that's no, they wouldn't even dream of that. <laughs> and, and neither would I, but we have buyers that will do that, especially in the Toronto area. Once you get into, you know, into to Barry or down where you are in some of those secondary markets outside of the GTA or outside of the big, the major cities, you can find those cash flowing properties with great upside and all the fundamentals for sure. So I, you know what, it, everyone has their own, their own reason for buying and, and where they're buying and, and only they can answer that, you know, it's, it is what it is for some, especially in the Toronto area. It's, if you want to get into the market, that's sometimes the bullet that you got to swallow. I, not everyone's going to agree with it. And you're usually negative. You're going to be negative cash flow almost on every, everything in Toronto at this point. Yeah. I haven't seen one positive, you know, with your typical 20% down one, one positive property yeah. in the GT area in probably about seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to find. I mean, it depends, right? It, like you said, totally depends if someone's, if that fits into their plan, then it fits into their plan. And it's uh, over time, if you're out of pocket a few hundred bucks a month, but you're retiring in 20 years with uh, 500 plus thousand dollars out of that property, perhaps in uh, in equity buildup, then I mean, it's like, if you, if you compare that to other alternative investment, not alternative, other kind of mainstream investment, uh, options it's still pretty damn good yeah well I, I heard this really neat analogy of um i don't know if you, so a mortgage broker was explaining it this way and they said you know let's say that 
property, wherever it is, whatever it is, is going to be negative cash flow, $200 or $200, $500 a month is, I think was the number that he used. He was trying to be really um, extreme. And the question that was proposed is a lot of people, you know, I'm in my mid forties. So a lot of people of that age, you know, have, you know, the retire RSPs that they're investing for their kids for to go to university and so forth. Right. And he said, what if you took that $500 a month RSP that you're investing for your child to go to school in 10, 15 years, stopped it and put it into the property. So now all of a sudden that negative cash flow is now counteracted by that other investment that really wasn't going to yield you much of an ROI. So sometimes you look at, you got to look at like, you got to look at your entire portfolio. I think when you invest anything, not just single minded, it's real estate investing. This is my real estate portfolio. I'm not going to look at the stocks or anything like that. I think you got to look at it as a whole, you know? I agree hundred percent. And a lot of people that, that analogy you gave a lot of people that that would make a lot of sense to put it into real estate in that sense. Yeah. Over the course of history, real estate does quite well, as we, all, as we both know. Absolutely. So you're a realtor, obviously. How, how important is it for investors to work with realtors? And like, like, how do they go about selecting the right realtor? And you can maybe even power team members in general, but realtors especially, how do they know and how do they, how do they come up with the right realtor to help them? Well, how do they know that? I mean, that's a, that's a really good question because that's, I think it's a question, quite frankly, a lot of people are afraid to ask, you know, you know, we're, we're all there to, to, to help, you know, every realtor's out there to help in my opinion, but how do you know if this is a great realtor or a great fit for you, or is this the realtor that is going to help me buy my next five, 10, 15 investment properties? And I think the, the really is only one question is, is, tell me about your wins and losses as a real estate investor. And A, if they're not willing to answer that, walk, run, do whatever yeah. you got to do. But B, if they're willing to answer it and actually walk you through some of their losses and, and the mistakes that they made, you know that that's a, that's a real estate investor that's going to look out for you. They don't want you to make the same mistakes, right? And I, I can remember sharing a story of a joint, we've done a lot of joint ventures in the past where we acquire and attract partners to go purchase the properties with us. I'm sure many of your listeners know what that is. And I was sharing just a, so here's, here's the setup of the story is I had a friend ask me for coffee and he wanted to learn about rent to own or just, you know, the oversight. I absolutely will go have coffee. I'll, I'll talk to you about my experience with it. And I'm sharing the experience with it and some of the mistakes that we made with it and some of the mistakes that we made as real estate owners. I get a call a couple of weeks later and said, you know what? We decided not to go down that rent own uh, road, but we'd love to sit down with you and talk about investing with you, <laughs> right? And, and, and that wasn't even on the table. Like I wasn't even there to talk about that. All I was there to just share my experiences with it. So when you're when you're authentic, when you're when when people are sharing their story of how they made money, how they lost money, their experience, what they did right, what they did wrong, that that to me is is how you build relationships, and that's how you you know that that's a great question in or insight into someone's uh, background for sure you know awesome question i, I, I haven't heard uh, someone say that before but you could ask that to all of your you could ask the same thing to a mortgage broker and if you're looking for an investment focused mortgage broker lawyer accountant all that thing all that stuff right it all it's the same question essentially um oh, yeah you're right no that's good i'm gonna i'm gonna use that now yeah <laughs> <laughs> i agree though that's great and if they can't yeah if they can't answer that because i know a lot of you know, you see a lot of it. I, I know I see it all the time. I mean, investors working with people who I know they don't really know what they're doing um, because they come to us or they come to, and I see, see them asking us questions all the time. And you kind of wonder, are they really being well served in that relationship? And uh, yeah, know, there's, there's and most people don't go, don't take time with it, right? They just go with whoever they might know or they, they hear of, you know, on a, who knows where, right? And they just figure that they should know investment stuff because they're a realtor. Well, that's just it. They, they, you're a realtor, so you got to know everything, right? But we don't. Like, if you're a great realtor, you're specialized here. And, and if you're, you know, so if you're a realtor out there and you're listening to this podcast and you're saying to yourself, well, I'm not an investment, I don't own investment property, so great. I'm never going to work with a real estate investor. Well, that, that to me is a limiting belief, For sure. right? 
because you got to know somebody that is a realtor and is a real estate investor and you're going to partner with them. You're going to refer that deal or, you know, walk me through this and let's, let's share in the commission or share it in some way. And, and that's a great way to, to build your knowledge as well. And, and, and more importantly, like as you know, if we put our legal hat on, that's our fiduciary duty as a real estate agent is to, you know, serve our clients as to, to the best of our ability. And that's not, if that's not our ability, get them with, you know, get them with a, a, a real estate investor agent for sure. Or the, with that right agent, whatever that is, you know, it's the same as going to a market. You have no idea what you're doing in. Like, why would you not refer it? If you wanted to learn it, then go learn it with someone who knows what they're doing. It's the same thing with the investment market. It's its own little niche market, right? So yeah, great advice. Learn it, learn it with someone else who knows what they're doing. And then you can go do it a little better the next time. Of course. You know, invest with someone who knows what they're doing or, or, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways to do real estate investments. Even you don't have to put all the money in. You can donate your time to it. You can a whole bunch of different scenarios, right? So get involved and learn how to do it. And then you can go out and actually help people properly. Right. And, um, and, and feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you also have your own real estate podcast, right? <laughs> I've seen yeah. you and uh, you and Colin doing that. It's pretty fun. Um, What's it called? What's it all about? What's your, what's your kind of goals with that? So it's called the not so black and white real estate podcast. And if you know Colin and you know me, you'll kind of figure out why. And uh, it, we do it. It's fun. Uh, it, we're there. So the purpose of the podcast and, and doing it online and we do it live with a video stream and everything. And it, it's to attract like-minded people, uh, attract them to, you know, opportunities and, and share with uh, just as we were talking before our wins our losses great interviews and and all sorts of things and it's mostly about real estate investing it's obviously all about real estate but it's you know just what's going on with the latest trends what you know different doors that are opening up uh different business owners that we're talking with that are just killing it. And, and maybe there's a piece of that, you know, we're all business owners, whether we're in real estate or we're not in real estate and you have a nine to five job, you're a business owner. You know, you, you, you manage your own business, even if you work for somebody and, and we're going to be interviewing some amazing business owners on you know, how they're taking it to the next level. And, and that you can find us on Facebook at the moment at the not so black and white real estate podcast. And it's a lot of fun. We, like I said, we do it online and we do it live and people are jiving in and, making fun of us while we're doing it. And uh, so I see, I love the live stream aspect of it. It makes it fun. People can uh, poke their, uh, poke funny as you're going and uh, it makes it, it makes you submit back and forth. And it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, for so sure. And also black and white podcast. You can find it on right now. Facebook's the main place. There's That's the page essentially, right? Yep. Search exactly. And find it. Awesome. Exactly. What do you do? Do you do once a month? Do you once a yeah, so we're, we're every other Tuesday, so twice a month for this season. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, we've got some great guests lined up. We've already had some great guests. And, and um, it, it's just one of those fun podcasts. And, you know, we just have fun with it. That's, that's our main goal is, to, you know, obviously we're there to provide education, but, you know, provide, provide it with a smile, service with a smile, you know. <laughs> a little bit of entertainment maybe mixed in there? <laughs> maybe, yeah, yes. a little bit. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, check that out if you're listening and you, and you get a chance to go over and check that out the Not So Black and White podcast. And uh, Gary, what's, what's something, what's one of the most important or maybe the most important piece of advice or, or information or quote maybe that you might have learned over time that's uh, really helped you and your, uh, your career as an investor or just as a person in general? I think if I, if I think of it from the real estate point of view, it, it's, we used to think that we had to know all of these questions or answers to these questions when we go looked at a property or we're trying to look at a performer or we're trying to look at a new area and what have you. And I think, you know, making the mistakes that I've made has, has allowed me to kind of come up with three questions that I now tell our clients. I, t- I'll t- I tell myself when I'm looking at a buying a property and it's, and it's three questions is this, is how am I going to buy that property? How can I add value to that property? And how am I going to sell that property? You know, three questions that, you know, within a minute I can ask somebody. And of course, there's a thousand questions that go behind each of those questions. But if I, if I don't know how I'm going to buy it, like am I financing it? Is it a mortgage? Is it vendor tape back? Is it all cash? I can't, I can't go forward on that property. How can I add value? Well, we're real estate investors. So I want to add value. I want to go to do a rental or can I rent out the garage or can I increase the revenue of that property? All sorts of things. Can I 
added unit to it, you know, how can I sell it is probably the one that we never want to talk about because it's so exciting to go buy properties. How can I sell it is came, came from me, came to me because we bought a property because we fell in love with the numbers. And at the end of the day, when, when the tenant kind of trashed the house and we had to go in there and clean it all up, like, who are we going to sell this thing to? It's in the middle of nowhere. And it was a, it was a lesson, you know, don't fall in love with the numbers. You got to fall in love with the exit. And if you can't fall in love with the exit, then move on to the next property. So those three questions again, where how, how am I going to buy it? How can I add value and how can I sell it? And it's just easy as that easy to remember. And, and that, that to me is what, you know, 12, 13, 14 years of real estate investing has taught me. I only need to know the answers to three questions. <laughs> well, it simplifies it in a good way though, because it, uh, it, uh, it avoids a lot of the um, analysis paralysis that people run into, right? With these, 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 these properties, if you can answer those three and uh, confidently, then you're in, you can probably move ahead with it. If they all make sense, you've got good answers to those, right? Absolutely. I was, we we're, were looking at one yesterday and uh, that's the, that's the, Tough. That's why we haven't been super excited about it is because we can't figure out the, all right, or we don't want to exit on it, but the potential, the need to exit on it is tough. Like it's a numbers make tons of sense. Location's actually really good. We're in Hamilton. It's a great, it's an easy kind of go-to type of project for us. There's a couple of limiting factors that make the sell. It would probably refinance properly even too, but the, the sell part of it is a little bit questionable. We're not sure because there's, parking issues and things like that, that you go as an investor, this is a, this is a um, three, maybe four unit property. And you're kind of thinking, is an investor going to want to buy this if we beautify it and put all this money into it? And I'm not sure. That's a tough sell actually. So that question is fantastic. I think a lot of people missed that one. Even if it's not the plan, you got to well, have that plan B exactly. or C, right? Yeah. Like how many properties do we want to go sell the day that we buy them? Right. But we got to fall in love with, fall in love, I think is, you know, take that with a grain of salt. We got to know that we can sell it because life changes, right? The circumstances changes or, or you're buying it with a partner and two years from now, that partner needs out for X reason. So is it an easy property to bring in another partner to buy out that one prop or partner? Obviously the location is, that's a big piece of it, but uh, you know, you, you got to know your exit and that exit can hopefully provide you with two or three different types of exits, right? Yeah. Options are always good. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, Gary, uh, lots of great advice here. Um, some great questions, which I like some really good questions that people can ask, which is, uh, which is, um, I'm seeing becoming more and more important in life. I think just those great questions. Yeah. A great one there at the end too. How, how do we exit? Um, if someone wants to get in touch with you and learn more, or maybe they want to learn more about investing in real estate in the North uh, Toronto area, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, the easiest way is by Facebook. I'm on Facebook a lot. So you can find me on Facebook, Gary McGowan. Of course, we have our realtor page, Gary McGowan real estate team, and and then our podcast. But that's the easiest way. You can always email me at mcgowan at kw.com. That's my email address. And um, yeah, happy to answer any questions and, and um, you know get you the right guidance or put you in front of the right people for sure. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks so much. If people want to get in touch with me, it's uh, info at mckayrealestatenetwork.com or uh, 289-389-6846. Uh, Gary, really great stuff. Thanks so much for coming on, sharing some wisdom here. It's been, uh, been a pleasure. And uh, I think you got some really great advice for everyone. So hopefully, uh, if you're listening, you found some great value here and reach out to Gary, chat, talk to him about real estate. He's there. He's happy to answer your questions. And he is uh, excited to maybe share some of his uh, screw ups in his career with you. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime. Thank you, Sandy. Okay. Thanks, Gary.